0: The dead Dave. What Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead Dave. What Todd Hunter? What Selby? Not Chen. He's dead Dave. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead Dave. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Everybody's Dead Dave, a Red Dwarf review podcast hosted normally by myself, Adam Martin, and my co-host...
1: That's me, Phil Hawkins. Hello. Indeed
0: it is. And uh, today, it is that time again, we are joined by a special guest. We are joined... By Miles Taylor. How are you, pal? Hey guys, how you doing? It's great to be on the pod.
2: I'm I'm really grateful to uh, to be here chatting about Red Dwarf, which is what I don't usually get to do. So this
0: is a lot of fun for me. It's a lot of our guests have said that, haven't they, Phil? Oddly yeah, it, yeah. They come on and they say, "Oh, we don't usually get to talk about Red Dwarf." That's so. the thing
2: because because a lot of a lot of us are usually focused on other franchises, be it Doctor Who or Star Wars or whatever it is. So it's just a great chance to to chat about my comfort program, really, and a delight. to <laughs> i did like
0: to be chatting about my favourite series as well. So this oh, is great. Ace! Ace, oh, okay. Well, uh, for anyone who's new to the show, what it's normally the conceit is it's two different perspectives. Phil has been watching for several decades since the nineties. This is my first time around. This is my first rodeo with the show. Every episode is new to me. So, where do you sit, Miles? Where you know, where are you with Red Dwarf? Like, are you a long-time yeah. viewer or fairly recent? Or it's
2: an interesting one because, like, how I got into Doctor Who. Uh, my relationship with Red Dwarf isn't just a straight line. It's not a case of I, I heard about it and then I started watching. Because I remember back in 2009-ish, I walked into the, the living room. I, my dad was flicking through programs. And he'd landed on one and there's a scene on screen with a guy with dreadlocks and a leather jacket and another guy uh, in a blue suit with a H on his head. Uh, and he saw me at the door and he was like, Oh, Miles, this is a sci-fi comedy. You might You might like this. Uh, And me being a huge Doctor Who fan at the time, I just went, it's not Doctor Who though, is it? I'm not going to bother watching (laughs) that. Um, So yeah, but I later realised that the programme that he'd been watching uh, was Red Dwarf. uh, Mm. And Worked out that the episode that had flicked on must have been on Dave because it was uh, back to back to Earth, the series nine. Yes. Uh, thing, yeah. so you have got that to look forward to, Adam, when that comes about. Oh,
0: I've, I've um, heard.
2: I've heard many things about the Dave era so far. It's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, about four or five years after that, um, kept hearing about Red Dwarf on podcasts and YouTube and things, and I thought I should probably check this out. And I thought, I'll I'll see whereabouts I can find it. All the episodes are on YouTube. Naughty, I know, but that was, that was where <laughs> they all were. Binged through them all uh, roughly from the start and loved it. Asked for the, the DVD box set for my birthday that year. And the rest, as they
1: say, is history. I've been a fan ever since. So, oh, so when you nice. got the box set, did, what did it include did it uh, did, was it the series one to eight box set it, it was a series one to eight box set
2: it's the one that's called just the shows and it's got yeah. like mm. the the pictures of all the cast on it um so that's that's kind of where i started and then i got back to earth and then jumped into the dave era stuff so sure. uh it was roughly once i did get into it it was a kind of a linear linear thing yeah um, but it's been a, it's been a fun ride and it's become one of those programs for me which is a real comfort one so I love coming back to it and I love chatting about it because it's just gives me the warm fuzzies really it's perfect can't beat the warm
0: fuzzies can't beat it I mean for me
1: this is like my I'd say it's my third full watch through of the entire series I Mm -hmm. started off just watching the occasional episode because it was still on air originally when I was when I was a kid when I was about seven and it was on about the series we're talking about now this is the series that first introduced me to the show (laughs) Series six, and uh, I I just sort of caught it occasionally on telly and got into it that way, and then I went back and rewatched it when it first came out on DVD when I was at uni, and then I rewatched it again on DVD. And now this is like the third kind of full run through of it I've gone for. Oh well,
0: well series six is what we're focusing on today. Episode three of series six, which is gunman of the apocalypse and uh to kick things off we get this lovely black and white almost noir, noir style opening and i've, I've got to be honest even though my mind was like because you know i've watched six series of this show now i kind of know what their game is <laughs> but i knew this was probably like you know a gag but part of me was like oh wouldn't it be so cool if a whole episode of red dwarf was like this in that sort of black yeah. and white still with the comedy but in that black and white noir style because I, I really like it personally but um, what did you two think are you fans of that sort of classic, you know, detective, gangster sort of style. I, I love that. That's my favourite era of history, the sort of the 20s, the
2: 30s kind of America kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I do love that kind of stuff. And I love it when Red Dwarf does that thing with the cold opens, uh, just, you know, totally throws you off from the second that the titles have finished. Yeah. Uh, and obviously in this case, it's a, it's a cold open that actually links into the, the story that's going to follow as opposed to something like Tongue Tied, which... <laughs> you know has no relevance but it's a yeah. great cold open it's amazing no,
0: it's <laughs> yeah. so good so good and, and
1: yeah I love men- it I, I love this 1920s sort of mm. aesthetic too The kind of like just that whole era of the trilbies and the, yeah. the speakeasies and all that sort of stuff uh, I've always loved that and I remember being like maybe about 20 years ago thinking ah. Oh, won't it be cool when we get to the 2020s and we can say we're in the 20s again and we can all go around wearing trilbies and it'll be like a real retro thing. Little <laughs> oh, did I dear. know what the 2020s would actually turn out like at the time. But <laughs>
0: Little did you know. But um, as you say, this doesn't last forever. We quickly learn, you know, Lister's like this detective called Philip, I think. Funnily enough, Phil. And, uh, you know, he's chatting with this girl who he thinks he sold him out, but... He still kind of likes her and it's all going well. And then we cut back to Starbug because it's just it's just a bit of VR. It's just a bit of VR. And I guess like it's a AR. Sorry, AR. Uh, But I don't know what
1: is that meant to be augmented reality? Is that what it's meant to be? They never say, but it's AR apparently.
0: Possibly. But I just love like the headset. It's that lovely, you know, in the 90s when you see you look back and how they approach VR back then. It was all these like bulky, chunky. Yeah, Yeah. with, like, flashing lights. I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) this is certainly from 1993. I mean, uh, it's an
1: improvement in terms of the headsets. It's an improvement on what they had in the Better Than Life episode, which was basically a bicycle bicycle helmet with some wires stuck in it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Absolutely. And uh, just to pivot back for a second, uh, Miles, you mentioned Tongue Tied, which, of course, yes, great opener. Um, I believe that actually came out around the time, as a single, I should say, that Series 6 was airing uh 1993 it says here and would you believe it actually reached number 17 on the uk charts in 1993 so wow the red dwarf appeal was strong back then clearly it
2: actually reached the charts that that i mean it's a great song don't get me wrong but that is that's the power of red dwarf isn't it it is it's a
1: great song but have you ever seen the weird kind of little mini short that goes with it uh, the, it's Danny, the
2: music video the,
1: well, yeah, it's a yeah. music video but it starts off as like a little short film and there's a really really long kind of dialogue bit before it goes into the song that's, that's setting nice. up Danny John Jules' character in it as this cleaner in this film studio <laughs> it's the bizarrest thing and it goes on for way too, it's way too long but, uh, <laughs> if you haven't checked it out go check that out because it, it's just worth watching for the comedy value
0: well, that's what I'm gonna to do tonight. After to seeing no. you finish
2: recording, guys, I'm gonna be watching. It's gonna jump straight in,
0: <laughs> um, and we learn from as the scene progresses that um, well, Crichton says Lister's been in this for a month, so clearly the search for Red Dwarf isn't is is going so well that Lister doesn't want to be active in the in the real world, and um, we to get well, the allure to...
1: of the AR is just too much. It's because, just too strong. Well, we all know what he's doing in the AR. Yes, yes we do. <laughs>
0: dirty lister and um, <laughs> the only way Crichton can get through to him is by jumping in the game himself he chooses a chooses a character and jumps in Crichton with a moustache I found quite funny quite I amusing. love seeing
2: Crichton in, in real people's clothes and with <laughs> yes, disguises yeah. on and things like that that's just like it's it's very easy comedy it's very easy laughs for me but I do love seeing Crichton in his in his trilby and in his, with his little pencil moustache it's great isn't it and then
1: later on you get it again in, in a yeah, completely exactly. different set of clothes yeah
2: exactly yeah it's just yeah, it's- so so odd to see this like his you know, what what do they what does River keep calling him? Like a, a crash test dummy kind of head or yeah, a yeah. badly shaped pencil razor
0: head yeah. in a
2: normal set of clothes. I just love it, yeah.
0: Yeah, I love it reminded me of a, I think it's in Better Than Life, you know, where he's playing like that detective there, what was it, Jack? What was he called was it jack bullet or something like that you know where oh, he's Oh yeah in back, to, in back to reality that's is that? it sorry oh, yes. back to reality yeah. yes that's what i meant yeah Jake just the whole bullet. trilby trench coat look it just reminded me of yeah. that i wondered if they do a callback because one thing we say on this show a lot is that you know sometimes red dwarf will ignore uh, by choice you know huge mm-hmm. parts of established continuity and gets away with it and then it'll make the most random callbacks to like so do you know what i mean i thought oh we're exactly. we gonna get yeah, yeah. are we gonna get a jack bullet reference but they, they didn't <laughs> they didn't decide to go for it unfortunately but um yeah um i did like though one of my potential funniest moments i'll let everyone know at the end if it was was uh when you know he's trying to get lister out of the car back <laughs> to reality and he's like oh give me 10 minutes sir
2: five minutes i'll keep my hat on
0: it's <laughs> Just... great comedy that i do <laughs> yeah. love that and the
2: way that Crichton's so excited about having found these particles or whatever it is, and this yeah. is like, I couldn't be more happy for you. Just let me get on with this, Just and like, then we'll, I'll we'll see have you a in chat. An hour. Yeah.
1: <laughs> making full use, uh, Lister making full use of the groinal attachment of the VR system. There, <laughs> mm. interesting trivia from the IMDb. Apparently, when Craig Charles was filming that, uh, when he he forgot to take the groinal attachment off when he went to move, uh, oh, like no. to go to like when the scene had ended, when it would stopped rolling, and. Uh, injured himself in a (laughs) not convenient place oh wow i'm not surprised
2: i'm not surprised So that would have worn out the what is it over his lifetime guarantee or whatever the
0: uh (laughs) whatever Rimmer says later on yeah yeah yes it does and well he does eventually bring him back to uh, back to starbug and we sort of check in with the other crew what's going on and uh, i just realized phil i forgot to read the synopsis for the episode uh, but <gasps> How the synopsis I know
1: what's going on.
0: I know, but the synopsis I found uh, does start at this point, so I feel now is a good time to say it. So um, <laughs> Starbug narrowly wins a battle with rogue simulants, but the simulants have infected Starbug with a virus and the ship is locked in a collision course with a volcano planet. Crichton tries to fight the virus, but this takes him into a Wild West movie in his digital mind. So there you go. And we'll get to all this as we go. But when we come back to reality, we get a bit of banter with the crew, you know, before the rogue simulants come in. Um, It's nice to see Kat having some banter with Rimmer. Because I don't know if you know, Miles, one thing we've sort of critiqued a lot is that Kat sometimes feels like a bit of a spare part. He seems to Mm -hmm. only fit the bill of he'll say the odd funny thing but he doesn't really get the same development or attention that the other three do so i found it quite nice that for a little bit anyway he's got this time with rimmer and then all four of them as well so what mm. did you two think so what did you two think of this whole i guess like banter segment before the uh rogue simulants came in
2: i love i, I, I the thing about series six which i love is because it's very starbug focused in fact that's the only location that's the main location really isn't it mm. um i love the fact that we open every episode with the cockpit scenes it's like the traditional sitcom in that you always get you know the living room set or, or the, the cafe set or whatever i love yeah. that the cockpit scenes always open pretty much give or take every episode of series six so the little banter bits they have is great and in this episode in particular there's some fantastic one-liners just throughout that that entire exchange running up to the
1: simulant ship but yeah Yeah, Yeah, those cockpit scenes have sort of replaced the the bunk scenes that they used to have in the earlier seasons, Mm -hmm. because they they do have a sort of bedroom area in the ship that we do see on occasion that purposes as many other things as well. But we Mm -hmm. don't really they don't really use it in the same way that they used to use the bunks in the earlier seasons that has been replaced by the cockpit, which I think works a lot better because mm-hmm. you joke- can involve the story in it as well um that you know the the narrative plot and also it gives something we said this i think last week that it, it, cat does have more to do in this whole series than he ever mm-hmm. has done before because he's now feels like an integral part of the plot rather than somebody who's just hanging around annoying exactly. them yeah. he's there as one of the people not na- you know steering the ship and using his unique skills of being able to smell stuff to spot things like when they go dark Mm -hmm. here you know they're relying on his sense of smell to see if there's anything else out there so Mm -hmm. it i like that and cat actually this is a really good episode for cat i think because he has a lot of stuff he comes up with some plans later on which we'll get to which you know it doesn't usually happen and he's got some great lines as well he's got some great dancing it's a good Mm -hmm. episode for cat it's a good one
2: for cat actually yeah and you're right because usually cat tends tends to be um i mean to Sort of bring a Doctor Who sort of equivalent in here. He tends to be the nisser of the of yes, the uh, yeah. the four strong team. He's yeah. always the one who kind of gets either put aside or or whatever. So it's nice. You're right. It's nice to see him get a bit more to do and get a lot of the laughs this episode. Like Cat yeah. really does get the uh get the good end of yeah. the stick. Here, and yeah. it's
0: great as well because Danny John-Jules definitely deserves it as well because he's such a good actor. And I just feel mm-hmm. sometimes not that he's been wasted, but you know, there's just moments where you think, oh, you could have made. You know, more of a thing for Cat there, or you could have given him the same. Like we've said before in episodes, where particularly where the I think this series opener. I know I've said it already, but in Sirens, when you know Listers awoken from cryo sleep or whatever, we get his explanation as to what's gone on. We get Rimmers, we get Crichtons, and then Cat just appears. Like it's like, oh, okay. So he did, So it's that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm glad he's now getting that focus, but. Before we get on to the rogue simulants and, you know, the plot moving to the central part of the episode, I wanted to get both his opinion on one of the jokes. So they talk about, you know, the fact that Lister's pretty much, you know, been obsessed with this AR unit ever since they've discovered it or whatever. And um, one of the things he apparently uses it for, he claims, is for the tennis. Now, Rimmer says, oh, you're in it for that jailbait ball girl. And he says, she's not jailbait, she's 17. Now, it, obviously, the, you know this was written very long time ago, nearly thirty years ago. Do you think that sort of joke would fly today in that context? Just out of curiosity, I'm not saying it was like a good or bad joke. I'm just saying, like, do you think it would fly if they wrote this today? I, I was literally going to bring up this 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 line because mm.
2: it's uh it's it is like you say now, Adam. It is a little bit uncomfortable mm. when you hear lines like that. Obviously, like you say, and then in in '94, this. It would have gone, and and it would have been a funny line, you know. You know, sure. it's a different sensibility to the time, but yeah, now it's just it does seem very dated, very a bit dodgy. Yeah, because how and old like, is he meant to be anyway, Lister? Is he, is he, yeah, is he mid, th- no,
1: twenties, mid twenties maybe, mid mid yeah. to late twenties by this point maybe. Yeah,
2: yeah. There was definitely yeah. a line in in the uh in the Hollow Ship episode where he gets scanned, and he said that he's whatever a chronological age like 30. <laughs> yes yeah actual yeah. physical age 56 or yeah. something <laughs> like that. so i think i think i think the age was mentioned around 30 30 at, at the most right but, okay yeah yeah it does yeah. it does sort of it it comes off as just a bit cringy and a bit you know and and as well something that i personally don't find as funny at the point i'm at now like I just don't find the the sex related jokes in Red Dwarf anywhere near as funny sure, as I might have course. done as a teenager. Yeah, So, so yeah, like yeah. those things just don't they don't get a laugh out of me anymore. Really, I think um, that's fair. I think mm. that's fair.
0: I think I think I know a lot of people who you know undergo the same thing. Like when you watch things like uh, I know when I used to watch uh, Family Guy as a teenager. You know a lot of those. Like that style and the sex, you know, like you say when you're a teen and it's all like new and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like edgy stuff. But then exactly. like I can't watch Family Guy now because I'm just like, I don't <laughs> I don't like fair play to the work of everyone I'm the behind same it. South Park.
1: Oh, are you? I used to as a teenager because I, I was a teenager when South Park first. Well, I was probably slightly younger than a teenager when South Park first started. And uh, I remember absolutely loving it. I bought the video game. I uh, had the VHS box sets. And like, I don't think I could watch it now. I no. I haven't tried in years, <laughs> but I just don't think I I don't think I'd find it funny. Sure. It's so
2: there's sure. so many shows like that, isn't there? Like you say, yeah. Family Guy, South Park, The Inbetweeners, to an extent as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, those, really. those programs that you 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 do your sensibilities change over the years, and and they become more or less funny depending on on what age you are, really. So that joke about the the jail ball girl did yeah. did come across as one of those instances of. Okay, but. Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, to be honest, we've only. In in the six series we've gone through so far, I think we've only had. Me and Phil have had. You know, only a couple of times where we've sort of said, oh, that joke maybe wouldn't. Haven't we? We haven't. It's not been yeah, every episode. It's only it's it, been. It has been. Yeah, it
1: hasn't. It, yeah. I don't even know if there's been even one every series. There's, mm, you know, mm. it's. It's just like the odd maybe thing every Four now times and then. in the six series we've gone, yeah. Eh, that's not. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Feel, feel a bit uncomfortable about that joke.
0: But to shake us out of that joke, again, the main synopsis, uh, the uh, the rogue simulants are here. They've intercepted them. And, of course, Roma offers to surrender straight away, as he did uh, last episode or earlier in the series, I believe. <laughs> and um, the their plan, to, because we learned that the rogue simulants don't like humans. They want to destroy humans. So... But Lister has a backup plan, and I've got to say. Yes, which
1: is inspired by the cat, because he, he initially comes of up course. with the plan, yeah. basically. Because yes. um, uh, this is this is part of why Cat is, is actually well used in this episode. And he has a great line. I like his line about... Uh, he's talking about cat and mouse games, so the, uh, and the mouse never wins. unless you believe those lying cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously referencing Tom and Jerry. Yes. Um, yeah. I liked that as well. Uh, but he comes up with the sort of a, a plan, which then sparks Lister to kind of develop it a bit
0: further yes and the the plan itself is so simple but so far fu- i mean so, i'm so effective <laughs> i found it hilarious for those who don't know they basically do that trick of they turn the camera upside down stick a googly eye on their chin and it uh yeah hilarious vindiluvian empire are born <laughs> and it was so and just do you know again i was surprised because as soon as it came on obviously i chuckled but i was like oh like i'm not I'm surely not going to find this whole scene funny. You know, it's like really juvenile in a way, but I, I was giggling the whole way. I don't I, know I what th- it well, was. I thought but... that
2: exact same thing. I was <laughs> yeah. like, okay, this is funny. Maybe with one laugh. And then it pans over to Cat and his <laughs> yeah. teeth. There's something about it. It yeah. is just, and it works for the audience as well because you can't hear his line because the audience are just <laughs> loving it. And they're <laughs> yeah. laughing so much that all you see is Cat cat's tongue flopping around with his big tongue as
1: well isn't it it's the movement it's the way they do (laughs) the the way they're flicking their chin around the way the tongue flicks out and it it's the movement that absolutely makes it yeah yeah beyond what the what you're just seeing in terms of the actual shape of the thing yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's
0: absolutely great. And there's a recurring thing we have on this show where I often say, "Oh, I found that joke was too long. I I wanted more. I was like, give me <laughs> more, give me more scenes of the Vindaluvian Empire." But um, I
2: I did find that a lot this episode. There are a lot of bits I was like, "Oh, I, I wish I was seeing more of this." Like yeah. it, it is one of the episodes where I would happily watch an extended cut or something like that. Yeah.
0: Oh god, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good one. But um, sadly, the Vindaluvian Empire's time is cut, um, sadly short, as are the. Rogue a Simulant. They don't have another name, do they? It's just Rogue Simulant. Rogue Simulant. Yeah. It, it,
1: no, I was going to say that it's uh, an interesting addition to the lore of the show, if you can say Red Dwarf has a lore, that these simulants, I think they do come back. I think there are right. other episodes where there's simulants. Oh, I might be misremembering something else. It's been a while. Uh, but I, I quite like the concept of them because they, you know, it's not very often that they come across a whole crew of people. Mm. It's only really been the Hollow Ship. Yeah. Uh, up until this point mostly they just come across like a random creature or a random one lone person so it's mm-hmm. it's interesting that there is this whole sort of race out there and that, they are not very... aliens yeah yes. they're, like, they're sort yeah. of
2: like red dwarfs cybermen or borg you know <laughs> that that kind of the the cybernetic uh type of character i do love that red dwarf got their own kind of recurring monster almost uh, that we see in almost every kind of series sort of from series 3 or 4 onwards yeah
0: now that um, is cool and he arrives on he arrives on Starbug and he's he's not impressed with what he sees not in the slightest <laughs> um and he he leads that there's only one conclusion and he proceeds to zap them and they all fall to the ground um and I thought at this point I was like right we're going to, surely they're going to capture them but um they don't they wake up on Starbug uh realizing it's three weeks later and things are a bit things are a bit different. They've been they've had a bit of an upgrade. Um but before I go on any further, that that whole scene then with the Rogue Simulant on the ship, any standout moments for you two there or Personally I thought there was so many great one liners in that scene, especially
2: having the the recurring space corps directive gags. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. it, it was slightly twisted. I think that it was something like the it a was different kind of like the all the all
0: nations agreement. It, I think yeah. it was, yeah, yeah.
2: And and Crichton's got that brilliant line of "Here we are in mortal danger," and you're worried about the Chinese delegates bringing two cars, and it's yeah. just like it is exactly. I love that dynamic between Rimmer and Crichton. They're just you know the way that Rimmer thinks he knows exactly what he's doing, and Crichton is always there to sort of go, "Yeah, but not not quite." <laughs> yeah, but it's, no. um, yeah. it's it's great. I just love it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My favourite moment from this whole bit was um, probably when Crichton puts his eyes back in because they've been used on the chins. Yeah. It's Crichton's eyes and he puts them back in. The simulant is already there and it's just the look on Crichton's face and the moment of surprise when he sort of staggers back and there, he doesn't say anything. It's just purely the, the physical acting from Robert Llewellyn there. Is uh, probably got my biggest laugh of the moment. I've probably given away that that, that <laughs> might might be my favourite <laughs> moment be. there. But um but that was really good. They got a laugh out of me. Ah,
0: ace. Nice. Well. As I say, the ship has been upgraded by the simulants. I'm assuming so they can fight them. Was that the reason they said they did it? So they were yeah, a Yeah,
1: because he, he mentions when he's on, when he beams over that, oh, they're, they're no sport. You know, he wants a, they, this is their hunting ground. They So they yeah. want they want a challenge and yeah. they're no challenge. They're a useless <laughs> bunch of idiots. So they upgrade <laughs> yeah, sure. the ship in the hope that they will run away and, but be a bit of a hunt, I think.
0: Yeah. And is this where Cat comes up with his second idea of the episode, is it?
1: Uh, About fighting or back? Or maybe this or... is the first... Um, maybe I skipped ahead. Maybe is this, this, this where he decides where he to, this is the idea to face This is where he says them. the yeah. cat and mouse oh, game. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. that in the wrong place. This is where he <laughs> says the cat and mouse thing.
2: And that, and that's when they all decide to go for it. And and he's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he has that great, that great line, which just killed me off when he says, what happens if we all get killed? I'll never hear the end of it. And it's like... <laughs> yeah. That is, yeah. it's dug and nailer down to a tee. I, I just love that yeah. great
0: wordplay. Fantastic, great witty writing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and the enemy, the enemy ship. Um, I, I found it hard to tell with with the shot. Did it explode? Did they self destruct so that there was like an explosion quickly, shot? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, whoa, hang on. What's? I couldn't tell if they if they like fired something at Starbug or if they'd self destructed their ship to then send because then Starbug is locked on this collision course with a a volcanic planet. So I don't know if you two have greater clarity on it, it, because, again, the shot's uh, so
1: quick. Well, what I thought happened... uh, Do correct us in the comments if I'm wrong. I thought that with the upgraded weaponry that they'd been given or whatever, um, they had... Starbuck had actually surprised them. Like and a lucky had shot. Had a very yeah. lucky yeah. shot and destroyed them. But oh. as it was blo- as it was being destroyed, they then transmitted the virus over. Right. And that's what locked the that's
2: ship locked on the course. I think what makes it so confusing is the fact that it happens so quickly. Like, yeah. <laughs> and what yeah. I find funny is that they've spent three weeks like making Starbug the perfect battle for them, you know, upgrading the weaponry, all the different systems. And the battle happens in about 10 seconds. Oh, God. And it's just, yeah. it yeah. is, uh, I mean, that's the one little thing I was sort of like, it's it goes in a flash. And I wish we did see a little bit of that, a little bit more of the, the cannon yeah. mouse thing. I,
0: so, I wonder yeah. if it's a constraint. We've mentioned this before, but like so, there are some moments throughout Red Dwarf Red where you think, ah, oh, you know, if this wasn't a 25 minute, program like mm-hmm. if it had been a bit or if they'd have done a two-parter but so do you think that could have been one of them maybe if this was like either a two-parter or had like 10 extra minutes or something they could have
2: elaborated <laughs> on it a bit more definitely I think that this would have been like
0: like I say if it was
2: an extended cut that that scene would have played out a bit more and, it would have been great to breathe. see some
1: more stuff done with that model as well of their yeah. the simulated ship because that oh, was yeah. a really nice model again that the model work on this show is always really good and actually and it's it's it, it
2: turns out as well that uh, I was watching the documentary about the about the making of the episode and mike tucker the designer said that the simulant spaceship is designed in the shape of a cow skull, the kind you see in the Mm. foreground of like a western you know in the big snap yeah yeah Uh, and and i thought that the attention to detail that these guys put (laughs) into the show and it's not even like brought up it's not even you know referred to or anything but the fact that they put that thought into it it just it's um shows just how much goes into this program yeah yeah
0: that's a great little reference absolutely but um Mm -hmm. As Phil said, uh, the simulants have sent a virus over to Starbug, which has locked them on course, um, and they think they're buggered. There's no way out. But Crichton says he can take on the virus, uh, which will allow him to create a dove program to then send it back and break the control. Uh, But to do this, he has to sort of put himself into a bit of a deep sleep. He's got to see all his non-central functions, and it will allow the others to uh to watch his dreams and apparently Crichton dreams of a uh a wild western scenario and I actually wrote in my notes I put we're getting a red dwarf western and I'm I'm absolutely here for it I love it when the show uh so like, I think you said near the beginning miles like takes these you know roots off out of space you know whether they're on earth or mm-hmm. in different genres like I I love that sort of stuff so as soon as we found we're in a western I was like yes I'm I'm along for the ride. Another
1: nugget from the um, trivia section um, is that uh, of, of IMDb is that it, it points out that in a previous episode, Crichton had mentioned that the only films that Starbuck had, a recent episode for Lister to watch, right. were Doug McClure films. And apparently, Doug McClure ah. made a lot of westerns um so i don't know if that was deliberate or it was just pure coincidence but if they've all been watching a lot of westerns because doug mcclure films are the only films they've got yeah that that would explain why crichton probably subconsciously puts himself into a western that's so funny that
2: that was going to be my next question i was going to be like why of all the sort of things that crichton dreams of would he dream of a western but perhaps they've been watching it the night before and that's exactly the reason why it's it's kind of conjured up. So yeah. that, there
0: we go, Phil, you've explained yeah. it. I'm, I'm fine now. I've got no <laughs> that's <laughs> and that's such a nice reference. That I could believe they do it because they've done this before. So I, I I would not be surprised if this was more than a coincidence, <laughs> but yeah. And, um, Crichton is, is portrayed as a bit of a drunken sheriff, a bit of a stumbler about, he stumbles into the saloon. And I don't know if you both heard, we get a old timey rendition of the red dwarf theme on the, on the, saloon. Yeah, like that was, that, that, that was quite nice. Yeah. Nice little touch. And, um, you know, he's a bit of the, he's the joke of the town. People sort of laugh at him, take the mick of him. Um, but then, what is it? The Apocalypse Boys arrive, as they're called. Um, their names being Death, War, Famine, and Pestilence. So w- <laughs> what did you think of these opening few scenes then, sort of establishing what who Crichton is in this in this Western, if you like? I, I, I think it's it's great just seeing, like you said, a different,
2: it's a very different kind of, scene you know being we're so used to space stuff yeah to see it in a western is is so bizarre and, and great costume design and set design to go with that even though it was filmed in kent or whatever like that and that's probably why it's quite overcast <laughs> yes, for a sort of Yeah. a kansas <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. a kansas yeah. setting it, it's probably a little you know the weather might not be perfect but yeah i think it's one of those it's, standing it's sets
1: isn't it that's just
2: always there as yes, a western yeah. town yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly so but regardless it's very nice to see Something different from Red Dwarf, and and the way that it's it's played out, the dialogue, hearing Crichton's a- Crichton's accent is it just sort of blends in yeah. for the first time. You know, you've yeah. got all these other American accents, um, so it's uh, very nicely done, and and a great alternative to just having this computer battle being done via like data or pixels and things like that. Yeah. To see it done in this form is is just something really refreshing, really, yeah.
1: And all nice. of the uh, horsemen of the apocalypse, they're all they're all unique, which I quite like. They're not just carbon copies of each other, you know, mm-hmm. stereotypically. They've all got their own unique little, like the guy with the flies flying around him. He's yeah. Yeah. pestilence, you know, all these yeah. little <laughs> things that relate to what they are. Um, that's quite nice. And they're very imposing and they look like there'll be a threat. Yeah, yeah. I liked it.
0: It was really evoking, I guess that as it, as I think it was going for that classic Western feel of like you know the outriders coming into town, usually dressed in black, trying to cause up some trouble. But of course, the other lads uh, are all watching this back on Starburg, and they're like, "Well, we've got to go and we've got to go and help him." And they decide yeah, to use the another mid-
1: plan inspired by Kat. And as he says, yeah. <laughs> "Twice yeah. in one lifetime." <laughs>
0: when you're hot you're hot yeah and you get that great (laughs) joke about you know oh if there's only some way we could get in there if we had a piece of equipment that's just lying around and if not (laughs) why not (laughs) like very on the nose but done done in that great way where you sort of just chuckle along with it i think yeah
1: did you also notice um this they this i think this might be the only time that it actually happens they reference switching Rimmer between his hard light and soft light modes which i don't think i don't know if they ever do that again i thought he's just permanently in hard light mode from this episode onwards but they they even put a reason in for it that it's uh more of a power drain on starbug to have him in his hard light mode which makes sense yeah um, i thought that yeah. was just a nice little touch and they do change his uniform color again when he switches the mode, I love that yeah. yeah which is nice i love
2: that yeah my favorite Rimmer costume as well the the sort of the red and the blue alternatives in this series oh, that's okay. interesting Weirdly, so when is, you say it's his favorite uh, even though costume, chris barry said it was his least favorite <laughs> do, you, do you
1: do you just mean the colors or do you like the whole costume? because we ha- we were like we've been really? like we don't like the quilted look particularly yeah the, yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think i am in the minority because I, I i've heard a lot of flack against this costume i know a lot of people um love the sort of the green yeah. velvet or, or not velvet but the sort of shiny look that yeah. you had in series three and four but I don't know there's something about this look that I just think it seems a bit more And I like the fact that it changes between the red and the blue depending on the soft or the hard that light. is good I do um, like that yeah so that that's that might be why I, I don't know what it is I just this is my favorite look for for Rimmer, it's just something a bit a bit different. Yeah. I can imagine Chris Barry ready.
1: might not have liked it, because especially <laughs> under those studio lights, oh, having God, a quilted yeah. oh, costume yeah. must have been very yeah. hot.
0: Bring back the beige second technician uniform. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> so they all decide to use the AR to jump in. They all choose their characters, and they all have special skills, just like any good video game should. And they jump in, and they all have different... What do we think of the three uh, lads' attire in the Western world? <laughs> I mean, Danny John Jules as
2: Riviera Kids, that is just the perfect costume design. It's flamboyant. It's, uh, you know, it perfectly fits Kat. Uh, I I loved, I think his is my favourite costume of of the three. Mm. Definitely the one that stands out the most. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think they're all great costume designs, but the other two are just kind of what you expect anyway. Yeah. They're in a Western kind of world. Great. It fits in really well, but yeah cats is just unique on point and as he would be he's the flamboyant one he's all of his yeah. costumes are flamboyant and have extra sparkle to them and this is no exception
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely and um they make their presence known in the saloon you know they try and order drinks uh rimmer of course wants his dry white wine which is not gonna <laughs> not gonna quite fly back <laughs> in the back in the old west and, um, you know, they get into some trouble. He pukes in a guy's hat, which almost starts a bar fight, but that gets diffused pretty quickly. But the bit I wanted to mention was, you know, Crichton comes in eventually, and they're trying to talk to him, and then that uh, that regular customer's, you know, swinging the bottle in front of him, teasing him. And then Rimmer displays his special skill, which is knife throwing. And this could have been my eyes, because I don't have the best eyes, but the shots where we see the knives, you Lister. know, like, you mean Lister, don't you? Sorry, Lister, not really. Oh, yes, right it's just Lister, yeah, yeah. Sorry, mixed up. Uh, but when you see Lister throw the knives, the shots of the knives hitting the guy and, and putting him to the wall, I think they were possibly shot in reverse. Reverse, then played, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. i i got that I, my eyes quit i was like oh that looks the speed of it yeah yeah the speed of it the way that he jolts because yeah.
1: it was reversed uh, yeah it, i mean it looked very similar to backwards the episode backwards yes. that scene yeah. but it could have yeah. been an episode from that because the jerky movement of things going in the wrong way kind of had yeah. that had that feeling to it
0: and uh quickly quickly after we find out cat's special skill which is uh uh, what was what? What was it specifically called? Was it sh- uh, uh, the gun, like the uh, gun
2: skills or something might, along yeah, sharp? The lines he's of a good sharpshooter. Sharpshooter. that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: so uh. much so that he shoots bullets out of the air, which I don't know if that's. <laughs>
1: feasibly possible Uh, but
0: (laughs) but in a video game in a video game or or, or in a
2: dreamscape sequence anything's possible and in red dwarf exactly anything um
1: i I, there is a one there i'm there is a real world example of bullets being shot out of the air and that because there is in some museum somewhere there is hanging a bullet with another bullet that has gone through the side of it and ah, it um, yeah. that has obviously stopped it in midair. That I think it's from either World War One or World War Two, and it's it's now in a museum somewhere. So it has happened at least once in actual history.
2: Okay. There we go. All oh, right. It's... I mean, it's obviously it's obviously possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But pure like, fluff. I I, I I do I do love as well how obviously before that uh, little gun shooting thing, mm. we have the sort of recurring thing in the episode uh, as the Riviera kid yeah. when Cat gets his little. Guitar playing yes, and little. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun.
0: The Riviera Key. Yeah.
2: I love yeah. that yeah. dance. Which, and I thought that's another one of those jokes, which I thought, like, once done, I was like, okay, very funny. But the, weirdly, the more it comes up, the funnier <laughs> it is, because it's like, we are actually doing this. We are having this this little dance this sort of spanish tune is perfect yeah i
0: think do you think it's because every time he does it the 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 situations they're in are like more extreme so it's like why on earth would you dance and he's just like no i've got to do the i've got (laughs) to do the dance it's it's great and yeah as you say danny john jules just rocks it absolutely and um oozes coolness and campness and everything under the sun he's great yeah absolutely and um we see rimmer's special skill soon enough he's good at fist fighting he punches out everyone in the bar and says, what does he say when he leaves? Oh, he's like, marvellous or something like marvellous. that. Marvellous.
1: <laughs> Just very on point Rimmer, of course, he'd react like that. And, he um, puts on a great little American accent as well. Um, oh, yeah. Which yeah, apparently, again, I'm, I'm referencing the IMDb Twitter, but apparently is the same, he used the same voice he used for Ronald Reagan
2: in Spitting Image so that that rings a bell actually yeah he does he has that sort of twang about him i mean he obviously he's a great impressionist isn't he so i'm not surprised yeah
0: Yeah. ronnie i didn't know yeah
2: yeah in spitting image yeah he's he's a great he's a great impressionist so it's always great when chris barry gets to do that in the show of like uh i mean i love his like ace rimmer voice and all the different (laughs) voices he puts on it's it's great and so refreshing to have him play about like that yeah Uh, and and obviously like you know it's it's nice that he does get to do the american accent even if he is a bit of a hopeless cowboy going to the bar and asking for the you know dry white wine and a perrier please yes it's
0: it's, it's great to see that he's he's getting a chance to play around like that yeah no, any. I think we've said before. Any time Chris Barry gets to like work outside the parameters of of Rimmer, it's an absolute treat for sure. Um, so the Crichton's leaving. They don't want him to leave. They want him to help defeat this. So um, we get some lovely physical comedy once again with Cat's dance and then his bullet work and again such a simple bit of physical comedy you know the bullet hits a sign which conks him out but i I was i laughed a lot and i was like why am i laughing i think maybe it's It's, the way it's framed and like and the way that
2: they they hold on that wide shot just long enough so that when the sign hits him it just it's perfectly timed and you're right adam a great moment of physical comedy it it works really well and that is one of my funniest moments of the episode the way that it's just bang yeah yeah
0: no great little moment um they sober him up with dry pots of coffee, oh, which sounds like <laughs> dry idea coffee of hell. Grounds. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> horrific. Um, and they try and convince him of what's going on, and you know, sure, slowly but surely, sort of remembering smatterings of of what's going on. Uh, what did you think of this this scene, like the sobering up scene, the calm before the storm, as it were?
1: Uh, I liked that he gradually remembered stuff. It wasn't like instant. He sort of gradually, you know, he starts coming around. He starts going, I, I, I've got a name coming to me, Smee, and yeah. you know, Smeghead thing that you can't quite say. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that worked quite well. And then by the time he's outside, he's he's remembered. Yeah, yeah, This this I lo,
2: I, lo, I do love this sort of slow callback, and the callback to the, the Smee here, which is, you know, one of my favourite scenes of Red Dwarf when he's getting taught the the name Smeghead.
0: So I always love it, get a little callback to that scene. Lovely little callback indeed. Um, but there's not much more time for jokes there, as the Apocalypse Boys are back. They're back for back for revenge. It's time. And I I really thought we were gonna get you know the classic Western duel. You know, everyone in a, in a dust bowl, ready to draw their pistols um but the boys have an unfair advantage because they take away their special skills and their ability to exit the game but i i love this moment where you know Rimmer, of course in normal circumstance the last person who would walk forward for a fight <laughs> is like no i'll, I'll yeah he doesn't even say anything he's like yeah i'll go and like you say miles he does that uh great like uh american voice like oh i can't remember what he said but it's like who, who's who wants to take me on and all. who that
1: wants that. to take me on man oh, oh man man. Man. <laughs> yeah
0: and the, it's that That's it's it, that yeah. wonderful reveal moment where like the guy the enemy like just takes that board and then river goes to do the same and just can't <laughs> but um and it's yeah, even it's like, funnier it's because we the
1: audience have already realized they've lost their pads because um because cat has tried guns and dropped them yes but yeah. of course, Rimmer hasn't seen that, so we know what's coming, and that just adds to the tension and the funniness when he goes to put, try and pull the thing off and the 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 bit of wood off the bench or whatever he's getting and and just can't <laughs> can't do it. And he's like, not do and it. And he says, I may have come across as more brave than I am.
0: Yes. <laughs> absolutely um so then what did you both think of obviously because then calamity ensues you know they can't escape they're trying to avoid everything they're trying to get the headsets off what did you both think of that whole little escapade at the end there it's a great bit of physical comedy a bit like you know throughout this episode there's some great
2: physical comedy and great physical gags and i i think that they really play up those gags uh at at the end um particularly like the sort of trying to get the headsets off where we see it both in the sort of Western scenario mm. and also on the ship, uh, and the whole thing of you know when Cat's given Lister a hand and he's almost pulling his nose off. Yes, it's just <laughs> seeing those two grapple with each other. It's and great. when
1: Cat has taken off one boot and one glove, and therefore in the game he's paralyzed <laughs> down one he's half. Paralyzed yes. down the Yes. <laughs> <rest.
2: laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh no.
2: So so clever, so clever because because obviously we've we've seen like when we started off we we saw it from one perspective, you know, the in in this sort of the um the gangster scenario mm. uh, we're kind of seeing it and in, in the AR yes. uh, setting on the ship after the fact whereas in this we know what's going on and it's just yeah very well done and so again so no word on if it.
1: they're wearing the groinal attachments for this part of no. the episode no no on this no. Part. <laughs> no probably i, I the hope best. they wouldn't
2: need to use that to save the yeah, day you, in this you'd hope so.
1: <laughs> i wouldn't put it past lister to think well there might be mm. a nice barmaid in there we while i'm know. in there <laughs> <laughs> you know, once we've saved <laughs> that, the day i can stick around
0: that's something to ask <laughs> the writers i think if we ever got yeah. the chance um But they they do eventually get themselves out of there. So it's just Crichton left and he he gets hailed on with a rain of bullets. But he is able to release the dove program, of course, uh, via an actual dove. Would you expect anything else?
2: I love that shot as well (laughs) when he goes for his guns and they become, I don't know how they did it. It's so seamless. Yeah. Uh, I love that shot. Yeah. I mean, Again, the effects the, the team on this programme, they always come up with such innovative ways of doing it. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, we've said it before, haven't we, Phil? Like for the early 90s on a BBC budget, some of the stuff they pull off is insane. Really insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but the programme's been released and they're back in Starburg, Crichton's back up, but they're literally seconds away from crashing into the volcanic planets. So they've got to make a dash. Um but we see Starbuck hit the lava they don't which i make must admit it. i was they're all expecting. dead and that's where the
1: show ends and we know how yeah
0: it the works. show just <laughs> ends there you no know, point don't, don't bother watching the rest of the series adam that's yeah, all fake it's just it's all the fabrication <laughs> it's all fake um but no of course they do break out of it with a very good model shot i will say they do break out of it um and then the credits roll and uh we've i know we literally say a lot flying off that... into
1: the sunset in western literally style. yeah, yeah
0: we we do mm-hmm. say sometimes on this show that the the endings of episodes are very like quick and out of nowhere whether that's because yeah. of the the constraints of the 25 minute formula mm-hmm. or if they feel they don't need you know they don't need to elaborate on what's gone on so where do you two sit on this ending did you think it was too like too quick or were you happy with the fact like we've we've solved the main issue and and then that's it like what are your thoughts I, I'm in two minds about it because I do agree when
2: I first watched it I just sort of feel like oh wow that is literally it yeah. you know there's nothing <laughs> yeah. else um but yeah then then again like you say they have resolved the the sort of the main aspects of it in the western game mm. everything's solved everything's sorted and they've you know they're literally riding off into the sunset so I, I don't know how else they would have done it but yeah it did still <laughs> feel feel a bit kind of wow that's it that's yeah yeah, we're done, uh, yeah. And, and you're right that happens a lot with red dwarf there's a lot of episodes when i've sort of gone oh that's a shame but yeah. yeah
1: it did yeah, end abruptly and but that there are sometimes when i think that works and i think this is one of them i think especially hmm. with the riding off into the sunset you get the kind of western music goes up again and i, I yeah. think it kind of works this time it was abrupt but it, it didn't bother me this time
2: yeah Ended on a high note, didn't yeah. it? For sort of the yeehaw as they as they go off.
1: Yeah, and, I was very
0: yeah. much like you, I think, Miles, in the two minds because I think at first when the credits started, I was like, oh, really? Like we're just we're just doing that. But then I lean more into what you said, Phil. Like you know, with the the western version of the theme and the sunset, I was like, you know what? Like they, it's <laughs> it's fine. But um, yeah, no, very very like you say, I think it's very split, isn't it? For a lot of people, Pe- people either really like the sort of right, we're done, that's it endings mm-hmm. and then some people want maybe a bit more or they want more and, and we have seen it we've seen episodes where they elaborate for better or worse like i know one i always bring up that i wasn't fond of was a uh, justice wasn't it phil yeah from series was that four series four
1: uh, yeah i think so yeah three because you know four. L-
0: lister has that monologue about justice at the end that oh, just feels yeah. very out of nowhere and then he falls down a hole and that's it it's like right okay um that is definitely one of those ones
2: like you say that just epitomizes like it's almost just like they've gone, oh, wait, we're done now. Let's just roll, roll the credits,
0: roll yeah. the credits, we finished. Stop we're finished. him talking, get it over yeah. with. Yeah, but no, this one this one's all right. We'll 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 let it slide. Mm. But yeah. that in a nu- nutshell, folks, is uh, Series 6, Episode 3, Gunman of the Apocalypse. And uh, yeah, those were our thoughts on it. So, um, Miles, what we do is we have our regular segment. So your favourite character, did you have a particular favourite in this episode? Could be one of the leads, could be one of the side characters, anyone you like.
2: I do, and you know what? It it might be a bit of a surprise, given how much we've talking talked about other characters to some extent. Hmm. But uh, my favorite character of the episode is Rimmer, oh, or nice. Dangerous Dan McGrew, or yeah, whoever you want to call yeah, him yeah. in this in this scenario. Um, I mean, he's my favorite character in the show in general. Um, you know, we just we talked about his costume for like ten minutes yeah. or whatever. So uh, I I do love Rimmer, but in this episode, yeah, Chris Barry just seems to he gets a lot of the laughs from me. And any of the li- any of the sort of comedy lines he gets, he always nails, and it's just great comic timing from from him. Uh, and he just has some of the best one liners as well. You know the dilemmings like cliffs. Yeah. Uh, that that just cool. that. Or it's just the little quips like that, uh, and right up to the end, you know the um, there seems to be a bit of a cock up in the bravado department. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's yeah, definitely my my favourite of the episode. Uh, it has to be. Nice. good old
1: Rims-y. solid yeah. choice what about you phil i'm gonna give it to the cat and i don't know if i've ever given oh, it to the cat before. i was gonna I, say is that a first I, it That's, might be a yeah. first but i do think this is probably the best the cat has been used up to this point um mm. i think we might I've, if my memory is not too dodgy on it i think we might be getting some more good stuff from the cat coming up possibly even next episode but the uh mm. But I've, I generally think this is the best we've had from the cat so far. And there's so many good moments in it from him, from the, you know, the flair and the dancing of his costume, the fact that he, you know, came up with two plans in, in the space, that they actually no. followed through on.
2: There's more plans than he's come up in, like, the past exactly five seasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Exactly. And
1: he's really feeling like a part of the crew now, generally. I mean, that's just generally for this whole series. But I think it's mm. um, it, it really shows itself most in this episode. So I am picking cat solid
0: choice well i'm i'm going the same route as phil i'm also going to pick cat which might be a first for me too like like we've said he's just used a lot more and he's given more to do than just the the odd one-liner or like slagging off rimmer or whatever it is he's used to great effect and danny john jewel sells it completely so yeah i'm gonna have to give it to the cat so i'm, I'm being swayed by you guys <laughs> i, I kind of think i should have gone the cat now but yeah rimmer was a close second for me i will say that because yeah. he does he does Brilliantly as uh, dangerous Dan McGrew as like you say whatever he's <laughs> called um well, those are our favorite characters. The other one we do is funniest moment so miles as this can be like a whole scene it could be one mm. line it could be uh an interaction whatever you found was the funniest moment for you in the in the whole episode well uh what got the biggest laugh from me uh in this
2: episode and always never fails to to make me laugh is the moment when they're trying to get out of the game, there's just a lot of, like like we were saying, a lot of physical comedy. Yeah. Particularly when Rimmer tries to get out of the game and you have to clap to get out of the game. You know, it's the, there's two buttons on the gloves and you clap and you get out. Rimmer tries to do this and realise it's not working and turns it into a bit of a dance, a bit of a sort of, you know, uh, a Spanish dance in front of, uh, of war. And I, I just love how Chris Barry plays that off. Again, yeah. another Rimmer moment. But... um yeah, that whole bit of the more trying to get out of the game it really does uh, it always gives me the giggles so uh, that's that's my favorite favorite moment of this one great choice great choice Phil yourself
1: uh, I've already mentioned it and I gave the game away earlier but it's the moment where Crichton pops his eyes back in and sees the simulant there and it's just the facial expression he pulls and the sort of stagger back and it like like everyone else has already seen them and he's like 10 15 seconds behind everyone else. Uh, and it's just yeah. the, Robert Llewellyn does a great job there with the physical comedy there Um. so th- yeah that got the biggest laugh out of me for the episode
2: Robert Llewellyn always is so good with his facial expressions he is. isn't he so, yeah. especially yeah. when he's he doing surprise he
1: does surprise surprisingly yeah. like it, we, given how much like his face is encased in plastic it's insane isn't convey it he conveys so yeah. much still it's great
2: he's yeah. got a very malleable face it's always great to see him in and out of the makeup because he, he's just got one of those face, a bit like sort of Jim Carrey esque yes. that kind of really yeah. expression, you know, the expressions he pulls is just fantastic yeah. Yeah. Just so good,
0: yeah. we love him we love What about you Adam? For me um, it's going to have to be the Vindaluvians as I said, I just, I couldn't I was amazed, I laughed the whole way through, because I was like, I thought i would got past the whole, oh look, I'm, I'm sitting upside down and I've ri- scrolled something <laughs> on my chin but no, clearly that comedy is eternal, so yeah, I've, I've got to it was what got me the biggest laugh, so I've Got to give it to the the Vindaloo. And we've Just finally a found a bit bit joke.
1: That not not only do you not that think I don't goes on too long, long, but you actually wanted yeah. it to go on longer.
0: <laughs> I did. That's a first. amazing. Yeah, first lots. We of got a series six, but we got there. We got yeah. there. Yes. Come on. 30, 33 episodes in. I think <laughs> something first. like that. Yeah. We've got there. Um. And the final thing, of course, we do is we all rate this episode out of ten scutters. So Miles, how many scutters out of ten? uh would you give this and you can have 0.5 if you wish mm-hmm. some people like to um
2: i mean it's a very well loved episode you know it's it's a fan favorite in fact it's the only episode as far as i'm aware that's won an award i oh. think this was the one that won an emmy oh uh, right for, okay um some sort of award at the emmys um so yeah it's very well liked it's one of my, it's a high up one on my list, but it's not my absolute favourite. So mm. I'm gonna go an eight. I'm gonna go eight scutters out of ten. Nice. I think that it's very, very good, but there are other episodes which sort of pit the post for me. So
1: that's um, out of interest, are they like episodes good, that have come before this one or ones that come afterwards <laughs> that would pip it?
2: A good mix. I mean, like I say, series six is one of my favourite series, as is series five, which has just come before. Mm. So uh it's you know, in, in, within that kind of area, um, Legion's one of my top ones. So oh, yes. that's just come just we before. Did, yeah. Um, but yeah, eight scutters is a sort of what I'm going to plump for. Maybe, actually, you know what? I'm changing
0: it. <laughs> 8.5. Let's 8.5. go 8.5. Nice. Okay. Yeah, Solid score.
1: Solid score. Uh, well, Phil, are, are you placing it that highly as well? Um, I'm placing it higher, in fact. I'm going for a Ooh. 9.5. Um, oh, this okay. is I can't remember... Okay. The the ones that I know there are other ones that potentially are higher, but I because I, I haven't seen them in a decade, I'm I'm gonna need to rewatch them to know if they are higher. So I still want to leave that gap there just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, but there isn't really anything I can't think of anything negative to say about this episode. So it's really sure. just kind of like leaving space for something that might be even better because I really did enjoy this episode. It's one of my favorites, definitely.
0: Oh, nice. Well, I'm uh, I'm actually going with Miles on this one. I'm giving it an eight point five. Just a really solid episode. Lots of great comedy, uh, great scenarios. Love the whole western take of it. I- I'm constantly amazed by this this series in particular because I I read uh, when I was looking at the synopsis a few weeks ago that apparently this series was rushed in a way. Like it was something to do with the BBC wanted after series five they wanted like more episodes as soon as possible. And the creative team would get, you know, as you'd expect, maybe getting a bit burnt yeah. out or whatever. So they rush like, writing them or putting them to screen, whatever. But And even and even making them as well, yeah. I think.
2: One of the later episodes, if I remember rightly, I won't spoil anything, but it was so rushed that they have cue cards and they're reading wow. their lines. Oh, of oh some wow. Of that. So that is the extent of how rushed it, it gets in this series. And yet it is a fan favourite. I was going to so say, yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I, that pressure is what does it. Some people maybe work well hell. on the pressure,
1: maybe, I, guess, I, was... know, I did all of my university essays the night before they were due in. I mean, granted, <laughs> I, I didn't oh, get so amazing did I, scores yeah. on them. But
0: No, it's just I, I'm impressed with it so far, this series. Because like, like you said, I'd read that it had been rushed. I read that, you know, people were feeling burnt out. But so far, you know, but people say it's a fan favorite. And for the most part, I've been quite happy with it so far. So mm-hmm. long may that continue. We've got three episodes left. And you can all tune in for those over the next few weeks as we continue our red dwarf journey. But before we go, uh, Miles, first and foremost, mate, thank you for joining us on Everybody's Dead, Dave. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you. It's been it's been such fun chatting you guys about
2: about the boys from the dwarf. Uh, The boys from the dwarf. It's just been great. It's been great for those listening. We're doing the the, 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 the sign. yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. But, you uh, no, it's been great. Uh, I really love getting a chance to chat about this programme. As I said, it's a really, really big uh, comfort show for me. So uh, cheers for having me on, guys. Not a uh, it's problem. Been well, great fun. If you ever need me to come back, just let me know. Oh, well, Unless st- it's for Crytie TV. I,
0: I oh, oh I, OK. I'll, I'll be, well, uh, just fine. for that, I think we might get you back for that. <laughs> <laughs> so just gonna, no! whichever one that is in the future. But um, before you go, though, Miles, um, please feel free to tell people listening where they can find you and your work on the on the Internet
2: yeah sure uh well i've got my main sort of source is uh my youtube channel uh tailored vision that's Taylor as in my name apostrophe d vision yep <laughs> uh always a, always an awkward one to get people to to spell uh and you can also find me on uh twitter at tailored vision or one word uh so yeah just uh follow me for ramblings <laughs> on mainly Doctor Who mm-hmm. uh but if you if you're you,
0: that, if that's all sort of thing then yeah. then please do check it out awesome well they yeah their folks go subscribe to miles go and follow me on Twitter and Phil what about you where can the folks find you on the
1: internet uh well if you're not watching the squiggly line that's across the screen on the YouTube version of this podcast then check out my YouTube channel which is just my name it's Philip Hawkins one L in Phillip um it's a the the avatar is currently a picture of me started standing in front of some tardis randalls because i too talk a lot about doctor who <laughs> i think that's that's something you something we all have in common on yes on this yeah, yeah, yeah i think we're all guilty of that but i do talk about other things as well mcu star trek uh, basically any geeky pop culture that um i enjoy uh, what about yourself, Adam? Can people find Myself,
0: you? uh, as we've said, I, I also like this little program that people keep talking about called Doctor Who. So I do videos on that and a variety of other things on my channel. Just Adam Martin with a Y. Uh, you can find me there, and um, yeah, just on Twitter, Adam Martin AMTV for daily ramblings, memes, gifs, whatever, whatever I feel like. But yeah, and on Twitter, you should definitely follow the podcast Twitter that we have, which is at All Dead Dave Pod for. Updates on the show, um, upcoming guests like Miles here, and uh, just general Red Dwarf goodness. So, yeah, go and follow us there. And, yeah, thank you for listening. We will see you next time for Episode 4, which I believe is Emohawk or Polymorph 2, which is a yeah. uh, very intriguing title. Our first so I can't sequel. wait to Yes, I can't wait to <laughs> delve into that next week. But um, in the meantime, uh, Miles, mate, thank you once again. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been a real pleasure. No worries. And for everyone listening, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.